0: Welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm Steve. Together, we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So, spread out those wings and slither in place, because this is, is Snakebird. Bird. Welcome, Snakebirds, to another episode of the podcast. In today's topic, we're bringing up a tiny word with gigantic implications. It's a word that, when spoken, negates anything that is said before it, and we're going to see that in action with our examples today. As We talk about why we might fall short of receiving the promises of God. Of course, that word I'm referring to is the big but. Yes, it is. And guys, today, it's going to be a
1: great episode, I think for many reasons. Um, one, it's going to strike a chord with everyone, I think, and the the top reason is because I can't wait to hear all the clever puns out of Josh's mouth. <laughs> <'Cause> he's <laughs> he, he's going to have, believe me, we're, we're both going to buckle up, all of us, to, to hear these. I can't wait for him, Josh. Yeah. I know you've got a
0: bunch. I'm sorry if this gets a little punny on the back end. But... <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it <laughs> uh, But we know that this is a youth pastor's dream sermon title. No kidding. No <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so, So right off the bat, I wanted to give some classic examples of the butt. Yeah. Because, um, like I said in the intro, when it's spoken, it negates anything that's said before it. Uh, For example, Stephen, I really like your hairstyle, but... You know what Uh, I mean? uh Like, can you imagine saying that? Or... Uh, Going up to somebody and saying, well, that was a great speech, but... Uh Uh-huh, yeah. Or even, you did an awesome job, but... And then what happens is after we say, but, we kind of hang on every word because all of the stuff that they said up front doesn't even matter anymore. That's true. It's like, well, I want to hear this because this is the real thing you think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All that stuff in the... You know, you were just platitudes and now it's like, okay, this is your real thought.
1: Yeah, you buttered me up and I'll... Stick the knife in me, Brutus. (laughs) (laughs) Twist, (laughs) twist. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Yeah. And, And there are times that God asks us to obey him by faith and follow his instructions, but unfortunately... It's our big butts that get in the way of our obedience. So that's really the emphasis of this episode.
1: Yeah, that's true. And we're going to talk about it's kind of an obedience disobedience type of topic, mm-hmm. and uh, things that we think we know best over God. And and um, I I came up with a really far back example that I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, It's going to sound, just to warn you guys, like I'm getting super off topic here, but bear with me because I'm going to bring it back around on topic. But um, let me just get into it. So in Genesis 4, we see a unique scene that I believe has some really deep relevance to the topic of second-guessing God. Um, I wanted to obey God, but we see all the way back to the heart of mankind through the story of Cain and Abel. And in verses three and four of Genesis four, we see the uh, the very first recorded act of worship in the Bible. And what's noteworthy is this worship is done through the act of sacrifice, where Cain and Abel bring their sacrifices, Cain, the fruit of the ground, Abel, choice of his flock. And if you're a student of scripture, then automatically you're thinking, you know, instituted sacrifice is not a thing yet. In fact, it's pretty far off from there. So the question is, why is it there? And I believe that there's a deep nugget of primal truth in this scene where we see the very fabric of our relationship with God, um, which is to worship Him. It's why we exist. Uh, Revelations 4.11 says that all creation exists to give worship and praise to God. Uh, Jesus Himself said as the Pharisees tried to quiet the uh, praise of the people as He entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, He said, if they stop praising Me, the stones are going to start. And, um, and then just one more example to uh, reinforce what I'm, I'm trying to point out here is uh, Romans two fourteen and 15 says, for when the Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. So we see a very clear picture in God's Word that even before the law existed, humanity has had an instinctive duty to praise God, meaning our very nature can sense the command to praise God through the act of worship. So when we see Cain and Abel in this very first recorded act of worship, they're both responding to a command from God to worship him. And this is where we see a very early example of what we're calling a, I wanted to, but... We see two brothers in the act of worshiping God, where one of them acts out the very title of this episode in his act of worship. I will bring an offering, but I will obey this innate command, but I will do it according to my will, not yours. And just to finish this up, Cain brought a sacrifice to God with his heart far from him. And the result, we all know it evolved into an empire of disobedience. Mm -hmm. So I bring all of this up. To point out that we we all have various areas where we should tell God, yes, Lord, I will do this. I will obey you in this. I will not say but. Yet there's an even deeper obedience of the heart that if we are neglecting that, then the rest of this episode is just going to be lip service. The The visible obedience will be just a changing of behavior. So as we continue into this this episode and the do's and don'ts and what obedience is, um, with the various examples and application, just keep in mind that our heart has to be the root that's changed so that our motives and obedience will be righteous before God. Yeah. And so I don't know why I I got taken there, but (laughs) I did, you know, in this study, I thought it was an important thing to to point out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, And it's interesting kind of when we talk about things and, and even this one, we, we, Barely just did it like an elevator pitch, and then said, "Run with it," you <laughs> yeah, know. So yeah. we kind of went like with these ones. We we can go in completely different directions, and yet yeah. somehow they still mesh together. Because yeah. I did, I definitely didn't go that far back. Because um, what I thought was we'd talk about the butts, which you already jumped in, and uh, I appreciate that. And then I thought we'd give some reasons for our butts. Yes, and then we should um, do that what we <laughs> <laughs> what we can do about our butts. Yeah, um, and. and And so if you're all right, I'll jump into one of the examples that I have. Take it. Um, To set the scene, you have the children of Israel uh, having been delivered from the brutal clutches of Egypt. God has personally led them out of harm's way to bring them to his promised land, a land that he's told them is of milk and honey, a land that he himself will bless as they dwell in it. And there's been a couple of bumps along the road to get here, but they're finally arriving and they're ready to receive the promise that's been given. They reach the wilderness of Paran and they select 12 men from the 12 tribes of Israel to go out and spy out this special area and bring back a report. And so in Numbers 13, we're told that they went up and explored the land as far as the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rahab to Labo Hamath going north. They passed through the Negev, which we just uh, covered in our Abraham profile, talking about that. And they arrived at Hebron where Ah Aham on seshai and talmai All descendants of Anak lived. The ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zoan. I appreciate that little footnote. Uh, Mm -hmm. When they came to the Valley of Eshkol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also brought back samples of the pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eshkol, which means cluster because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelite men cut there. And so these guys have gone into this promised land. They've spied it out for 40 days. And they've seen some things that... Uh, really excite them yeah. like uh, bountiful and and apparently gigantic uh, clusters of fruit yeah. you know they're like we can eat for days yeah <laughs> um, I remember one of the children's ministry stories like storybooks that I grew up with took this a little literally and they had these giant grapes on this pole and I was like that's that's not how it works <laughs> like the grapes you know this wasn't Super Mario giant land <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> this, these were regular sized grapes just at a huge Cluster. Yeah, um, and so it says uh, in continuing the story. After exploring the land for forty days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community that what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And indeed, it is a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. God didn't sell this land short. Yeah, What he said was true. Here's the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let us go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. They even We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Yeah. Golly.
1: There's a reason for a but there for a human.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who's, not, who's not depending on God Almighty. Yeah. Just for me, that but is so sad because all of a sudden you you were slaves to Egypt. Yeah. And all of a sudden here comes this guy who'd been uh, distant to your relatives for 40 years. And he comes and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh goes, No. And Moses, he throws his rod down. And next thing you know, it becomes a snake. And Pharaoh goes, no. And then the next thing you know, the the Nile River becomes blood. No. And then it starts like this progressive showing of God's power through these plagues. Uh, to the point where now you're being released by Pharaoh after all the firstborn in the land have died, except God has passed over your people because of the symbolism that he was trying to show. And you've come to the Red Sea, and he allows you to walk on dry land as he parts it and then drowns the Egyptian army with the remainder of the water that's been backed up. And now he's been leading you through a, pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night why in our human terms do we throw out this but when all of a sudden we're challenged yeah that's
1: it's a curious thing isn't it mm-hmm. that they've gone through so many miracles and so many deliverances from all of these things but then there's that that part that rises up in you that says mm-hmm. yeah that and that and that but this yeah but this
0: yeah you know yeah, but it's it's too much. Yeah, this one's too much. Yeah, yeah. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Neither were yeah. the others, you know? And that's walking by faith with God. He's like, hey, take this step. And you're like, oh, that, that looks like an easy step. And then it's like, well, take this step. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get to a step and you're like, no, I'm not yeah. going to do it. Uh, it's interesting to note that in Deuteronomy chapter one, Moses implies that this was actually a uh, sending out the, the 12 spies was a plan that was suggested to him by the people really yeah that he was like well i heard your advice and i thought it was good so we decided to send out spies to check out the land yeah i think in retrospect he's like no we shouldn't have done that we should have just as a people moved forward yeah versus saying um we're gonna we're gonna let them come back and bring this report
1: yeah, that it's just such a crazy scene.
0: Yeah. Um, I'd like to give a couple other examples of butts in the Bible, if that's okay. Yeah, take it away. <laughs> here's another big butt, King Saul. <laughs> 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 um, so here's a here's a little bit of a story. Um Saul is waiting on Samuel, the prophet, to come and, and Saul has been tasked with basically wiping out the Amalekites. Yeah. And he was supposed to, but we find out that he doesn't because it says, uh, in first Samuel, it says, when Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully, saying, may the Lord bless you. I have carried out his command. And then, Samuel says well what's all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle that I hear and uh, Saul says well it's true that the army spared the best of the sheep the goats and the cattle but they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God and we've destroyed everything else then Samuel said to Saul stop listen to what the Lord told me last night he says what did he tell you Samuel says although you may think little of yourself are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel the Lord has anointed you king king of Israel and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you go and completely destroy the sinners the Amalekites until they are all dead why haven't you obeyed the Lord why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight here it comes again Saul replied But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought back the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams.
1: That's that's just like the sacrifice Cain brought. Mm -hmm. I brought a sacrifice.
0: Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Saul is just like, but, 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 Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're getting in the way of his obedience.
1: Yeah, he's, he's hearing what he wants to hear, not yeah. what God is telling him. Yeah.
0: Uh, one more famous but in the Bible is uh, in Jonah chapter 1, verse 3, when God says, hey, I've got this message for the Ninevites. Jonah chapter one verse three says, but Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish <laughs> yeah. from the presence of the Lord.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that that butt went one eighty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God said, go this way. And Jonah's like, ow. <laughs>
1: yeah. He did. He he deuced out quick.
0: Yeah. So those are the the, the butts I wanted to exemplify. I know there's a lot of other ones in the Bible, but I thought, well, we don't need case after case after case because it becomes kind of repetitive part one of 10 yeah i don't want (laughs) to there's a lot of them in the bible i don't want to butt in (laughs) Uh, there it is i (laughs) knew it was coming again so i thought what if we talk about now our reason for our butts yeah you know other than to sit on other than what your mama gave you (laughs) sorry okay reasons for our butts well the first one that i found is fear yeah we're afraid
1: yeah, fear is a is a really big one. Um, it's one that I came across, too, in my study corner. And, you know, in our Christian walk, there are these times where God is urging and calling us to either take a next step or speak to somebody about something or quit a habit, and we'll say, yes, Lord, I want to obey you, but for whatever reason, I can't because of dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And um, these particular times where we, we say, but God, I, I came across two of them, one of them being fear. And um, one of the stories I thought about, I, I know I'm kind of taking this back to Moses, but that very first task that God called him to, go to Pharaoh, get these people out of there, it's an extremely intimidating task. And um, Moses was afraid. He was terrified. But God answered him with, I will be with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Moses, he didn't have the strength. And this is where I'd like to reverse the buts, flip the script, if you will, <laughs> and say, but God did. Mm. You know, we don't have the strength, but God does. Nehemiah 8.10. We can't see ourselves through to the end, but God will. Romans 14.4. We can't make ourselves righteous, but God can. John John 3.16. And so, you know, God's, his word is so rich with these, these moments where we can't, but he can, if we, if we go to those butts, you know, um, it's the trick of, of resting in God's ability, not our own. And it's one of the most comforting things we find in scripture, these times where we see that phrase, but God, yeah. And, you know, Moses' early response to God's plan for him, it was distorted by fear. That was a big one. And it caused him to say, but God, I can't. When I mean, he should have taken that leap of certainty that says, but God can. Mm-hmm. And we see in hindsight, God did. Yeah. In his situation. He can't ours too. Yeah.
0: I'll never forget the day I was in Bible college and we had a teacher who was all fired up and he came to a passage that said, but God in his infinite mercy or something like that. Yeah. And like naturally without any thought, he said, I. I love the but gods in the Bible and I mean we just we <laughs> died because he did not mean to like that was not a planned saying I think yeah but anytime you find a place where it says but God did this but God did that I, I it's completely the transverse of of this uh, topic, but I do appreciate it as well. And I appreciate that um, example because so many times Moses was like, I can't do this, but God, I can't talk. And he's like, well, Aaron can be your mouthpiece. He goes, but I'm nervous. And he's like, I've given you strength, you know, and, and God can overcome our butts. And that's one of his great strengths. But when we allow that to control ourselves, then that's when it becomes sin. And that's when we might not, uh, what, like what we said, we might not achieve um, God's promises. We might not reach out for them because of these shortcomings. Yeah, that's yeah, so true. So that's, uh, that's one of them is fear. Mm-hmm. We're afraid. Another one I saw was unbelief. Yeah. Unbelief. We don't think that God can do what he promised, that he won't do what he promised. Yeah. You know? And so
1: this is this is a, a more severe second guessing than yes. a but. Yeah. A butt is that works, but I've got a way too. And this would be more of a, I don't think you can pull through on it.
0: Yeah. Type of deal. Yeah. Uh, so like... To think of Peter getting out of the boat. Remember, he walked yeah. on the water, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and it, there wasn't necessarily um, the unbelief because he just, he took his eyes off Jesus. Yeah. And a lot of times that's when unbelief can really become its greatest is when we lose focus on what God is doing. And all of a sudden we see our circumstances, we see our surroundings. And next thing you know, it causes unbelief. Yeah. You know, and and I really appreciate that story in Mark where the man says, "Lord, I believe; help my unbelief." Yeah. Because he was saying, "Any corners in the recesses of my heart that doesn't fully um go with what you're doing here, then root those out as well." Yeah. And so I feel like uh the children of Israel were looking at their circumstances and looking at the height of these uh current inhabitants of the land going, it's not going to happen. Yeah. There's, there's no way, which is crazy because again, they've seen the power of God and yet they're allowing this unbelief to influence their decision.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a a good example of that one too. They're Mm -hmm. like, we're not conquering that. There's no way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I always think of like the middle school basketball team versus like a professional team, Yeah, you know, walking in and they're just like, oh my gosh. Nope. How's the weather up there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And to think of even the first city they encounter, Jericho, to know that the walls, you know, the description of the walls. And then God says, oh yeah, we're going to overtake this city. How? Yeah. By walking. Yeah. By playing music.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) that's showing God's glory right there. It
0: is. And it's sets a humor, I think. Yeah, really. It really does. So uh, another reason for our butts is that we're fooling ourselves. And I think we just saw an example of it uh, with King Saul, who was to a degree a bit delusional at this point because he thought that he did it he's like i did do what you told me to do but it was it was conditional obedience yeah it was like i did it but i did it on my terms or i did it my way i you know frank sinatra yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know i i did what you said but i did it the way i wanted to and so there's it's
1: it's almost um it's it's kind of a a pettiness type of um I'm not running, I'm jogging type mm. of, you know, it's, yeah. it's this finding a loophole and then being confident in your loophole. Yes. And it's like, you're missing the whole point. Yeah. I didn't grant you that loophole. I told you to do this. Yeah. You know, and it's people who like to try to play on technicalities. I think we all at some point or another have done that. But that I'm am I, am I thinking along I the think same lines. So. Yeah,
0: because I think obedience also implies surrender. Yeah. And when you're doing it your way, you're not actually surrendered. You're yeah. you're holding back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the last one um I saw reasons for our butts is uh rebellion or disobedience or um even stubbornness. Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to do it. Yeah. I'm willfully saying it's not going to happen. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Yeah, that that is one that I I came across as well. And one of the examples that I pulled from was um, the children of Israel in the same era when Moses (laughs) led them out. You know, it's it's a a big scene to draw from throughout that whole time. Uh, And there's a lot of examples we could draw from the golden calf or even Moses' bad example of striking the rock instead of speaking to it. But um, I, I kind of wanted to touch on the, on the moment that led them to having to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, um, which it could have been avoided if they had avoided stubbornness. Um, the scene is found in Numbers 14 where we see that God had delivered them from, like you just said, all of those different things. Mm-hmm. And then they approach the promised land. We've, we just talked about all this. And uh, the, the thing was that they knew that they were going to have to depend on God even more than they did for this one. Mm -hmm. Um, Things uh, required them to trust God even more. But instead of embracing that path, the one that has even more unknown they they even talked about stoning Moses and Aaron they're like what well, not only are we not going to do this let's stone Moses and Aaron and find a new leader to take us back to Egypt and Joshua and Caleb yeah which represent Egypt represents bondage mm-hmm. you know and they're they're like let's stone them and go back we don't think like you said i don't think he can do it Mm-hmm. You know, and we're told um, that the glory of of God appeared before him at this point. And to sum it up for time's sake, he, he redirected their path in the wilderness. And every single person 20 years of age or older that day never got to experience the best that God had for them. They died in the wilderness mm-hmm. because of this stubbornness. And so the application uh, that I pulled from this would be, that obedience and faith in what God has called us to is far better than if we say, but God, let's do it my way. Mm-hmm. I'm not trusting that. I'm not going to yeah. go that way. Uh, Cause if we embrace stubbornness over obedience, we're going to miss out on a lot that God has planned for us, our promised land, yeah. so to speak. And um, you know what this could look like in our, our lives settling for comfort over um, determination or on the flip side, resting in effort over Jesus or stubbornly redirecting our own paths while ignoring all of the road signs that God's placed before us. And all of these things could represent a stubborn way in us that'll eventually, we're going to have to face it. And it also
0: might represent the reason we can miss out on so much that he's planned for mm. us. Yeah. I think in the text there, it says that trip was like an 11 day journey. <laughs> I know. That's always baffled me when I found that out. And I was like, man, that that sucks. (laughs) It does. It does. And then even, um, after they kind of said, well, it's too much for us. And Moses rebuked them. Yeah. There was a a group that was like, we're going to do it anyway. And he goes, and they, they went to go take the promised land and he goes, it's too late. You're going to fail. And of course they did. They got, they got whooped. Yeah. You know, they, they had massive, massive casualties, but I mean, how sad is that? You're like, you had that chance and, and you didn't you didn't accept it
1: yeah it real quick that that's always reminded me of being in the wilderness for 40 years mm. on what should have been an 11 day trip it reminds me of being like lost at sea but you can always see land right there oh. but you keep going in circles it's like oh. a hurricane or something yeah. it's like I'm not really lost, but I am. Yeah. I can't for
0: some reason. Uh, they're wandering in the desert. Well, it almost sounds like a like a Greek tragedy or whatever. But I mean, literally for them, they're just yeah. And and it was a timetable. God was saying anyone above that age is just going to die yeah. in the desert. And we're going to start over with a younger group that hasn't talk rejected. About, talk about the ultimate timeout. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean that's yeah,
0: it. <laughs> yeah, and but the neat thing was is that he still stayed with them. His presence was still there. He did. He, he did. still led them every single way, and he still was there with the pillar of cloud by day and the 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 fire by night. And um, he also brought manna. He fed them. So all all those ways that he still took care of them even in their rebellion. Yeah, that's true. So why don't we talk about what we can do about our butts? Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> 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 we can exercise. No, <laughs> That's needed. <Yeah. laughs>
1: oh, no. Uh, For years truly uh, no.
0: I'm sorry that we keep joking about the analogous. Uh, yeah. that, that's not the right word. These uh, titles can be linguistically challenging yeah, to navigate. Yeah. Um, so what we can do about our butts, first and foremost, is we have to confront our butts with the truth of God's word. Yeah. That is like one of the main things that I found. And so to speak into back, to go back to fear and to speak into it, um, right away, one of the most common promises and, and common directives that the Bible gives is do not fear. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And if you were to go to like a Bible app, or um, go pull it up on your browser and type in, do not fear or don't be afraid. I mean, you're going to find so many verses. And one of the verses that I found was, of course, Joshua 1, uh, 7 through 9, where God is giving this instruction saying, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey All the instruction Moses gave you, do not deviate from them, turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah. And I, I found this again, I, I think we were talking about this before we started recording and I was like, this is not necessarily profound, but this is a common theme throughout all of this is that we're going to see these two threads of trusting and obeying, um, to overcome these butts. Yeah. Because the children of Israel, whether they believed that God could give them that land or not, they didn't obey by going into it. Mm -hmm. And maybe they were faltering on both of them. But if you only have one and not both, you're still going to fall short of both. Yeah, that's true. And then we talked about unbelief of saying, I don't think God will do what he promised. Another uh, verse that I found is in Hebrews chapter 3. And it says, Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God even though they had heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt and who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness and to whom God was speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that it is because of their unbelief that they were not able to enter his rest. Even the writer of Hebrews is like, I can point to another big butt. And that big butt happened right here in Numbers chapter 13 and 14 (laughs) when God was like, here it is. The land I promised you. And they're like, "Uh uh-uh, not doing it. I don't believe And then to jump on that uh, with a second verse of just confronting uh, these big butts with the word of God is Hebrews 11, six, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yeah. And so unbelief should not be something that stands in our way. It should not be a reason for our butt. Uh, The next one is fooling ourselves where like even Saul says, I thought I did. And all I could think of was Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, because not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you get away from me, you who break God's laws. Mm. And I can't help but think of those people that think they're in the faith going, I did it my way. Hey, I God and I have a special relationship. Yeah. Um Jesus and I, we've got a we got, you know, we're bros. He's my homie, he's my homeboy. Um we have a uh we have a special agreement and Jesus is like, I don't know who you are. Yeah. And that freaks me out. So, um fooling ourselves, we want to confront ourselves with that. That's uh, a sobering uh, from God's word. Yeah. Extremely.
1: Because we if we're Yeah, I think of the disciples sitting at the table with Jesus when he says, one of you is going to betray me tonight. And the heart of it pretty much everyone there was like oh my goodness i hope it's not me yeah. and so yeah you, that's a question we got to ask ourselves in that type of scripture that we read is i hope that's not me yeah because um that's that's some self-confrontation that needs to happen from time to time mm-hmm. to make sure you're in the faith <laughs> work out your faith with fear and trembling yeah. Paul tells us
0: yeah not to be comical but not every single one of them like hinge turned to judas like yeah, mm-hmm. you <laughs> yeah. know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he wa- he didn't wear black robes while everybody else wore brown.
1: Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, a highly suggestive play or yeah. something where everybody knows who the dude is.
0: <laughs> yeah, he didn't have like, mascara or uh, <laughs> yeah. guy liner on. Going, I'm the dark one or horns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate that. Is it me? Am I the am am I the Judas? Am I the the outer? Yeah. Could it could
1: be you you know you hear a lot about oh don't don't say that kind of stuff to you but that that could be healthy for mm. us to
0: to ask ourselves. That. Self-confrontation is huge. It's yeah. a big part of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And it 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 takes that to overcome these butts. Yes. You have to do that and you have to confront it with the word of God. Yeah. Because that's what's going to purify us. That's what's going to cleanse us. Yeah. And that's what's going to change us from the inside out. Yeah. So the last one was rebellion and disobedience saying I didn't want to do it, which was definitely the case with Jonah because he knew that God was gracious and he was going to change the lives of the Ninevites. And that's why he was like, but I'm heading to Tarshish. I'm going to take the boat to the edge of the world (laughs) as as fast as I can. Um, But Peter, as he's giving a sermon in Acts chapter three, verse 19, it says, repent therefore and turn again that your sins may be blotted out. That is confronting disobedience, is repentance. Or to pray like David did after he sinned when he said in Psalm uh, 51, verse 10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I find that if I've ever sinned, especially um, in a spirit of willfulness or disobedience, that whole psalm, Psalm 51, is such a salve to my heart of like renew a right spirit within me, restore unto me the joy of salvation, and then even later on in the psalm, he's like, "You don't, you don't want sacrifices, but you want a broken heart. Yeah, you want a, a contrite heart, one that's changed. Yes. And so, for me, when we talk about what can we do with our butts. Um, we we have to fight our butts with two things. We have to fight our butts with trust and obedience. That's what the Old Testament kind of presents, is like trust God and obey his word. Trust God and obey his word. And I like how that translates to the New Testament because if you talk about trust, you're like, well, what does that mean? It means I just have faith, right? Yeah. Faith can and trust are almost synonymous. And then obedience is just putting that faith into action or that trust into action. That sounds like works. Yeah. So all of a sudden you have trusted obedience and you have faith in works. And I think James, if he was in the old Testament, he says, um, you show me your trust and I'll show you my obedience. You show me your faith and I'll show you my works. You know, Yeah. I love the
1: contrast. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, um, what, I think that we can do as we practice faith and obedience and as we um, overcome our butts is that we can start to help others in the Christian faith overcome their butts because this is a major part of the great commission that I've missed uh, until just recently, because in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, 19, we, we talk about this a lot. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of churches, they emphasize on just believe. Yeah. They emphasize on you gotta have faith, you know. They're the, they're the George Michaelites. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but a huge part of faith is also tacked on obedience. Yes, because without obedience, that's you're basically like um, what is it? The Bible says that the demons believe. Yeah, exactly. But they're not obeying. Yeah, and so and that,
1: that's what they lack is the
0: obedience. Yes, yeah, that's the major component that yeah. that we don't want to lack. Yeah, because that is the key to overcoming and battling our butts. That's one of the
1: big things I see too is uh, it's talk about a snake bird topic mm-hmm. because you know you say we, we got we need to do this which you're what you're describing is a work and somebody said hey hey man that's that's a rule that's a work. Yeah. We got we have faith and we're saved by faith, you know. They kind of turn it the boat that direction you're like yeah, but the command that is a work it goes with that. You can't <laughs> yeah, separate the two. Yeah. You know. And well, so that's it's a balance that uh, you can't neglect either one.
0: Yeah. And everybody loves how the word believe looks on a t shirt. Yeah. But obey yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's like a sinking stone. Exactly. You know? I exactly. mean that that's not the that's not the fluffy Christianity that some people want. Yeah. But it's that's what snakebird is it's that mixture of soul and spirit it's the mixture of wisdom and gentleness it's the mixture of saying hey we walked that fine line because we realized that it's two together yeah and so you can't just have belief because it's like just believe you know yeah. and and you don't want just obey because i mean obey without anything around it is just yeah. like following rules yeah so it's the mixture of the two
1: yeah, those are so important, so important. Snakebird is is man, it's why we exist, right? Mm-hmm. So I do I do have a few examples. Um we've pulled a lot from from the scripture, Old Testament and New Testament alike, but I have some uh, real life examples that we might say but God that I, I just thought I'd touch on mm. kinda of here at the end. Um, and one of of the big ones that i uh that I saw fits into this uh, is that of identity and we obviously we we had touched on this on our identity in Christ episode but um there seems to be a striving for recognition these days fueled by a lot of different things and my heart you know is that people could see an identity where we don't need to seek that unobtainable attention um, A lot of people are seeking the approval of others these days. And uh, that's not going to last. It's uh, Whether it be rooted in a, in a sexual realm or a need for, for recognition, uh, instead of us saying, but God, I need this in my life for mental security, I pray we could take an emotional leap uh, of ignoring the attention of everyone else so that we can let God introduce us to something that transcends all of that. Um, whether people recognize us or not, the joy of our Lord is our strength. Um, that's one thing that, I don't know, it just popped in my head Mm -hmm. when we say, God, I follow you. I want to do this, but I, I kind of have to walk this other line to appear a certain way in front of others. Mm. Uh, Social media has a big part of that, I think, Mm -hmm. but that's one that stuck out to me as a, as a modern example. Um, another one would be, um, when God is telling you to be silent, um, I find this to be very relevant because uh we, we really feel the need sometimes to be heard and understood. Like maybe on a Facebook debate <laughs> and we we feel in our spirit that God is telling us to be quiet and and we're like, But God, they're wrong and I need them to know I'm right.
0: Yeah.
1: And um God's like, No, uh, you need to be quiet. And so don't ruin what, what could be in this situation because you need to be heard. Mm-hmm. That's another big, but that we have these days that I've seen. And, um, another one that, that I thought of, uh, because it's from my background is, is addiction. And this, this one can be tricky, um, because you know, I, there's nothing I can say, uh, to someone out there. Who's an addict that's listening right now that, um, that, that I a turn of phrase or something I could flower up to convince you uh, that what we're presenting to you will work. Uh, all we can do is tell you where the door is. You have to walk up to it. But I, I'm telling you, um, the but I can't get over this addiction-wise, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm telling you he works. Jesus works. He died for whatever it is um, that you're you're struggling with, your sin and all that. He can deliver you from all of that. That's mm. another one that uh, you kind of have to have had the mind of an addict to understand that. And, and we're all we've all been addicted to something in one way or another. It's the way the brain works that you whether it be food or or sex or anything. But um, I, I just that one hit my heart. Yeah, because uh, there's a lot of addicts out there that's just there's a sense of hopelessness in your brain that just I cannot I'm stuck give. this is this is so stuck there's no mm. way and uh, I want you to know that but God can mm. he really can and uh, I, like I said there's no there's no way
0: I could describe that in words other than he does work and that's why the turn of the phrase is so cool mm-hmm. because at times we're like but I can't do this but you know my yeah. limitations and then that's where but God can Yes. exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's all the modern examples that I had. I thought I'd touch on for, for application with anybody uh, that God laid on my heart. And the only other thing I have, Josh, is um, I wanted to revisit the, uh, the scripture that this podcast is based on. Mm. Um, I thought this would be a perfect place to do that. And it's Matthew ten sixteen through 20. It says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. So the key that I really pulled out of that, which is what we base this podcast on, is is found right there in that scripture. Do not be anxious, for it is not us, but the Spirit of our Father in us. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing that I thought of that I would like to end with is, you know, but the Spirit of the Father in us. Mm -hmm. That's just something that I thought would be cool to revisit on the end of this. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. And, and that's, again, what Snakebird is all about, is finding that balance and finding that that directive to say, this is why we do what we do. Yeah,
1: exactly. So we hope you enjoyed that, guys. Yeah. The, uh, the butts of the Bible, the butts that we should not participate in. <laughs> the big butts. <laughs> the big butts. <laughs> and, and trust in the butt God.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's anything that you would love to hear us speak into, we'd love to hear from you yeah you, you might just tune in and
1: say hey don't ever do an episode with, with, <laughs> with all that again <laughs> I don't want to hear you guys say but again yeah, yeah. but re- yeah, seriously guys reach out to us let us know um, topics you might have um, let us know how you're doing uh, if we can pray for you uh, you can reach out to us at our website Um, uh, or you can contact us on Facebook uh, we would love to hear your feedback or, or whatever
0: it is you, you want us to hear prayer requests, yeah. um, topic requests, all those things. Join the community. Put your voice out there. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And
1: guys, if you can um, find it in your hearts to give us a rating on where, wherever you're listening and a review... Uh, that would really help us out. It helps push us out there to other ears
0: that the podcast
1: might help. So uh, if you find it in your heart, please do that. That'd be great. Yeah.
0: All right, snakebirds. Always remember, whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. Don't give God your butts and, and be a snakebird. Bird.